Are you ready to bust out of the rut you're in? Do you want to take your life to a whole nother level? You aren't going to make significant change by doing what you've always done. You need a breakthrough, a circuit breaker. I've had some pretty big challenges and some pretty big breakthroughs in my life over the last few years, and I've found that the best way to break through, the best way to elevate my life is to challenge myself, to do something a bit scary, whether it be running an ultramarathon, jumping out of a plane, or speaking on stage to a thousand people. Every time I take on a challenge, I grow. And I grow not just in one area, but in every area of my life. And I didn't just jump out of the plane by myself, I jumped in tandem with an expert, someone who'd done it thousands of times before, someone who knew how to prepare and who knew how to execute. If you're ready to transform, if you're ready for exponential growth in your life, then head to www.drbretthill.com and check out Kokoda Elevation. It might be just the challenge you're looking for. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill, and this week I'm joined by Derek Flansreich. Derek is an entrepreneur on a mission to give everyone a healthy attitude. That's a great mission. He's the founder and CEO of Greatest, a next-generation media startup working to make healthy living cool and build the first truly trusted consumer-facing healthy living brand for this generation. It's an awesome website. He's an awesome guy. So welcome to the show, Derek. So glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Ah, I'm really looking forward to this chat because what you've created is amazing. I mean, you're you're currently reaching 10 million unique visitors per month, uh, which is just an incredible thing. So, let's start from the start though. Before we get into how you went about doing that, um, let's find out a bit about you, Derek. Uh, how how did you get into health and wellness? Why did you decide Greatest was the direction you wanted to go? Yeah, totally. So I grew up uh, grew up struggling with my weight. Greatest is a real, true heart, mission, vision-driven business. And my experience growing up was, you know, the biggest kid in the class. I actually hurt my hand uh, when I was eight years old and ended up with my right arm in a cast for the next three, four years, had three surgeries. And so, and I'm right-handed. And so quickly when, at the ages when most guys play sports and, and, you know, make friends, I did neither. And then to add insult to injury, my parents moved me from uh, California in the States, in the United States, and then they moved me to uh, a small town that some people have heard of called Miami, Florida, uh, which, you know, means I was surrounded by all these basically sexy people with all their shirts off. <laughs> Frankly, it's kind of how I imagine Australia is at all times as well. Uh, and <laughs> so I I now was the biggest kid in the class, surrounded by all these sexy people, and felt like every magazine I opened and TV show I turned on and, and program I signed up for, a product that I purchased was not on my side and made me feel worse about myself instead of better. And it made me really frustrated and and upset that in a world that seemed so important that there wasn't a brand or a business that seemed like it was speaking my language. And I was increasingly feeling like the world was shifting in the way that it thought about health and wellness. Sure, it was talking about how important it is and only increasingly how much more important it is. But it seemed to me like 
the people around me were thinking of health and fitness less as the point and more about it just being a part of living this better, happier, longer life. But I couldn't quite figure out why nobody was speaking to that, you know, in, among the influencers and brands that I was familiar with. So anyway, I started reading all these scientific studies on PubMed. I started to learn a thing or two and started to annoy all my friends with all the information that I'd learned. And for some crazy <laughs> reason, you know, they started listening to me. Uh, you know, maybe you've experienced something similar. I guess you have like actual experience and are an actual expert as a doctor. Uh, but, you know, for me, I, I'm not, right? I'm not an expert. I just started to learn things. And my friends, most importantly, like, listened to me. And I couldn't believe that. Like, I couldn't believe that they were paying attention to me, somebody who struggled with my weight then, frankly, still struggle with my weight today, just, you know, a little less. And I just couldn't believe that that they weren't paying attention to the people that people had paid attention to, the authorities they paid attention to in the past. And and so it became really obsessed with with why that was and what an opportunity there would be to build a brand that helped the world think of health in the healthier, what we call healthy-ish way. Um, and so to sort of come back to where you started, you know, after, you know, starting a bunch of different things throughout my life, uh, short life, relatively short life, all these things I started tended to stick around. And at a at a college, I, I said, okay, you know, I know I want to do my own thing. I joined another startup. I, you know, it was it was successful. I had nothing to do with it, but I was successful. I instantly thought I could do better <laughs> than, than that startup. And I've had that hubris pretty well beaten out of me over the last five, six years. But the number one takeaway I had from those other experiences was that if I was going to pour my heart and soul every day for hopefully the rest of my life into something, it better be the difference I want to make in the world. And so for me, that difference has always been, and you know, I think it's my life mission, and I'm grateful that every day I get to actually do something about it and work on that and you know, convince brilliant, talented people, many times more brilliant and talented than me, to come help me accomplish this mission of, of helping the world think of health differently. Because in my simple personal experience, I've seen that the only thing that really works in health is when people find the things that are good for them that they actually enjoy doing because that's the only stuff that they actually stick with long-term. And so um, that's the message of greatest. It's why it's spelled an IST. The idea is that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be the greatest, but you can like an artist works on art, just you know, work on being greater. And so this idea that it's about improvement, empowering you when you improve, celebrating you when you succeed, you know, that's, uh, that's what this is all about. And today we do that through content. I love that. I love that, Derek. And do you know what? Embarrassingly, it's only just dawned on me that greatest isn't actually spelt as it traditionally is. Um, I'm a bit slow in that regard, but now I get it. I get why you've done that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Derek, obviously, you, you know, what you're sort of expressing there is that you felt like something was lacking in the health and wellness world. You know, you felt like the, the, the message that was coming across wasn't the message you wanted to see portrayed or, or a message that you resonated with or you thought was helpful for you. So what is it that you think was lacking? What was, what was the gap there that you really wanted to fill and you really wanted to help people with? Yeah. I mean, the big thing for me, frankly, was that the voice of the past, I think, has been really the wrong one. To me, all the people, all the, and again, I think of magazines and TV shows in particular, because they're kind of the most obvious, even influencers, right? Yeah. 
you know, they kept telling me what I should look like and how I should feel. And that felt really messed up. Mm. And it felt like everyone on the cover of those magazines or everyone who was, you know, touted as a success looked a certain way. And I couldn't imagine ever looking like that. And actually, in the early days of Greatest a few years ago, I set out to figure out if it was possible to get six-pack abs in six weeks. Because <laughs> that was a that was a big, obviously, a big thing. Um, yeah, that's like the thing that yeah, I yeah. think guys look to as like success. And I got them. I got six-pack abs in six weeks. If you want to read some really depressing stuff i highly recommend my series on getting six pack abs in six weeks i didn't do anything that interesting frankly i just ate a lot less uh i ate a really healthy i worked out seven times a day and it worked but i hated everybody everyone hated me uh i've never been more miserable in my life which was you know i mean i've had a not so terrible life so maybe maybe that's not so bad but it's definitely among the most depressed I've ever been. And I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Uh, I just, you know, to get and maintain six-pack abs was not worth the other compromises and sacrifices that I had to undergo. But that's a story that I had never, ever, ever seen before in any major media site. It always was that that is, that superficial success is success in health and wellness. And I think now we're starting to realize that it's really not. And I think it's because of, you know, I don't want to say it's just because of, but I think it's it's because of sites like ours and an increased increased amount of new influencers that are talking about health in a different way, um, where it's actually tied to what's sustainable in long term and involves the mental health and wellness component of like, what, how do you actually feel? And that, I think, is how you can actually get to whatever your goal is. By the way, nothing inherently wrong with having six-pack abs. Maybe I wouldn't recommend getting them in six weeks. <laughs> but, you know, there's really, it's not that there's anything wrong with what, um, you know, you're doing. It's, it's, the question is about why. And so I think in the past, what I felt was that most brands were not interested in the, in the why. They just want to make you feel bad that you weren't getting the what. And that seems really counterproductive. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So, you know, we're kind of constantly pressured with advertising, aren't we? Like we're, you know, it seems like everywhere you go, there's someone trying to tell you that for whatever reason, you're not good enough. That, that, you know, that you have a problem, you have a fault, you have a lack, you have a, you know, or, a, or a too much or whatever. Uh, and that, you know, here's, here's the problem and the, here's our solution that's going to fix it for you in, like you said, in six weeks. Uh, whereas, you know, I think what we need to understand is that it's, it's really about, you know, loving yourself and, and being happy with where you're at um, and then choosing to make, uh, you know, healthier choices because of that rather than thinking, well, I'll be happy when, you know, that, that whole thing of I'll be happy when I get six-pack abs, I'll be happy when I get to a certain weight, I'll be happy when I, you know, start going to the gym. I mean, did you really go to the gym seven times a day? Sorry, seven times a week. <laughs> okay, because I heard that, and uh, like I just watched the documentary the other said. day, which was the uh, the Rich Froning documentary, the CrossFit guy, and and he did oh, like yeah. seven or eight workouts a day, and I was just thinking, I mean, yeah, oh, but he, come on, he's a machine. Uh, just stay there. Like you may as well just live at the gym. Then, I, right? think he, I think you must. I think I think he must have his yeah. gym at home. But but like you said, I just wouldn't want to. You know, do but that. Rich Froning, right? Rich Froning is is not a real person. Right. I mean, he is a real person, but he's a professional athlete. 
you know? Yeah. And we look to these, prof- you know, these professional actors or athletes as if they and, and, and create this depiction of what beauty looks like. By the way, guys, so speaking now for, for Ben, like, we think that we all want to look like Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, right? <laughs> or at least I think that. I'm, I'm, just... I'm under no misconceptions there. I'm, that, right. that, <laughs> okay. I'm not going to get there. Okay, Ryan Reynolds, something like <laughs> somebody like that, right? Hugh Jackman. We all want to look like you know these these guys, but they are literally full time focused on looking the way that they look. And women, when you ask them, sure, they're not like against these Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman, but none of them care that much. We care a lot more than than, you know, typically the members of the opposite sex do, Mm. you know, if that's your goal, which tends to be a lot of people's goals, right? Um, And getting to those, to that level and maintaining it comes at a really fascinating but hard social cost. You know, I, I talk a lot about, like, does this mean I can't have chips and guac? And so, you know, paleo, for example, to talk about paleo, like, you know, technically you can't right yeah you can't have chips you can like dip carrots or some shit you know but like who are we kidding like we all know that's not the same and so in my mind you know every time i've done any kind of a real diet or program if it's one in which i can't have chips and guac which i particularly enjoy um you know beer would be another one my favorite is people who do paleo but drink beer because they like it uh, <laughs> but like you know, th- this idea, it's like, yeah, you should, because if you if you don't like something, you won't stick to it. And that's not the way the story's been told. It's been told to us that you need to look like this perfect, flawless, you know, thin human being. And the best way to do that is to get on a treadmill, to like salads, and to suffer. Mm. And that is, I don't know anyone who does that and, and, and succeeds. Yeah. If anything, they usually end up, you know, in a much worse place than when they started. Not that, again, there's anything inherently wrong with treadmills or salads. I don't like either of them particularly. But I've had some great salads, and every now and then I get them on a treadmill, you know? But it's for – the reason is very different. Yeah, and I think that's what that's what it comes down to, isn't it? It is about that individuality of figuring out what you want, you know, rather than what yeah. someone else tells you you should want or, you know, what you want to eat rather than, well, I'm going to eat this because it's paleo and I'm not going to eat that because it's paleo. But but really what you should yeah. be saying is, well, I'm going to eat that because I choose to eat it because I that's love right. my body and it makes me feel good, you know, and it makes my body able to perform and do the things that I love doing. You know, that that's the reason why you should do it, not because someone else says, well, that's not paleo, you know, that is paleo. Um, you know, it, it's about finding your own why. And as you said, that's what really motivates you to do that long term. Yeah. We just changed our slogan at Greatest to uh, get healthy-ish, right? Because we think healthy-ish sort of encapsulates this idea that it's not about being perfect and explains a little bit of our name. We're like very in love with this idea and this kind of, you know, the way to capture this this, like you said, this idea that it's not about somebody telling you what to do, but about you kind of figuring out for yourself. But our old slogan was actually good for you. And the idea was exactly what you were saying, which is that the only thing that's true in health is first, that everyone thinks they're different. And if you think you're different, then you're different. <laughs> right? So <laughs> I can't, yeah, right? I can only imagine how many times people think you the ultimate 
expert on paleo are, are going to explain to them uh, the right way to eat paleo, <laughs> except that they don't eat X or, well, they don't like Y. Mm. And, well, you know, like I have this one thing I need to do every week. And my guess is every time your answer is, okay, <laughs> you yeah, know, do that. Sounds good. <laughs> but, but this is, I, I actually think this is something people don't give enough sort of, they don't realize everyone wants to personalize it for themselves. And so what that means is that, yeah, everything you do has to be personalized for you. And so, you know, I know tons of people who the best thing that could happen, in my opinion, is that people try something like paleo or now what's really trending over here in uh, in the States is a diet called Whole30, which you might be familiar with. Yeah. Um, you know, it's basically paleo yeah. with a couple weird other weird rules. But what I like actually about the idea of like a 30-day try this is that you end up adopting certain things that you end up ideally sticking with. And so one of the things I love about paleo, and I I did paleo for a long time, is that I adopted and realized I liked a lot of the things that came from that experience. And so I keep eating them. You know, I could not have told you that, like, great grilled chicken is really different than mediocre chicken. <laughs> but I learned that from paleo because I had to eat all this chicken. <laughs> You know, right? So it's just funny. Yeah. Well, well, I love that. I love the idea of healthy-ish. Like, I think it's a great way to think about it. But at the same time, I feel like it's almost a bit sad. Like, I feel like it's sad that healthy doesn't kind of mean, you know, that that word isn't enough. That we've kind of distorted what we mean when we say healthy. And by that, I mean that, you know, when Mm -hmm, we think mm -hmm. about healthy, we only think about eating the right diet. You know, when we think about healthy, we only think about um, you know the right sort of exercise or for some people when they think about healthy they only think about I guess the mental side of things but but I think more often than not it's people focusing on just the diet or just the exercise and not yeah. realizing that that what you keep saying that happiness component of how important that is and that if you know if the way you're eating is stressing you out so much that it's making you miserable or if the exercise you're doing is stressing you out so much it's making you miserable then maybe that's not making you healthy either so you know I, I feel like this healthy term that you're saying really that's what we should mean when we say healthy but it kind of isn't well obviously i couldn't agree with you more right i think basically healthy-ish means healthy (laughs) you know yeah i think what is really healthy it's being healthy-ish right it's being you know we're eating right living right moving sleeping breathing right like but not having to do that perfectly all the time. And I blame, I mean, basically, I, I blame media. <laughs> so I know we're media trying to fix it, but I blame, yeah. Um, yeah anyway. Not me, just like other media, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no, right. Not me, not, not I mean, we're media too, right? Greatest is definitely yeah. a media company, right? Yeah. So, so no, no, no. I think, I think like traditional, let's say traditional media. Like, I think, I think that that's what's, what's gone wrong is that healthy, he- being healthy has been depicted as like, you know, burning calories and like the biggest loser it's been it's been depicted as people suffering struggling having to do seven seven workouts a day (laughs) and and you know and basically none of that really lasts or succeeded 
So, Derek, tell us a bit about, you know, you said that you had those struggles with your weight and you said that you still sometimes struggle with your weight. So, tell us about that. Like, how does that go for you? And I guess being in your position and, and running a company like Greatest, um, you know, how does that, I guess, public profile play into that and affect you as well? Well, do you struggle with your weight at all? I really don't, you know. Like, I've, I've been one of those people that, you know, those annoying people that even when I was eating rubbish, I was always pretty thin. Like, honestly, my, my thing yeah. has probably always been I'd like to be more muscular, you know. So, yeah. so it's a different totally. version of probably the same thing. Yeah. No, I think that's exactly right. I think, um, look, I mean, I think, lie. you're not the only one who's like that. Um, I'm not, right? Like, my body was not built. If I don't pay attention, it, like, I can put on weight really I can put on weight really quickly and I can lose weight really quickly. Mm. Some people, it's different, right? So I think, again, it goes back to it's it's different for everybody. Yeah, I mean, I think the honest answer is that I'm in a constant struggle with with my weight. It just looks very different than what it looked like when I was, again, the biggest kid in the class, right? Um, to The struggle I have today is managing the impact of, of stress of, you know, a full-time job, you know, running a business with, you know, 30, 30 people or so, you know, it is a living in New York city, which I don't recommend, frankly. Um, you know, like a lot of these issues make it tough for me to stick to some of the things that I know are going to make me better at my job. Mm. And so, I'll, I'll say two, two other things about this. I think, uh, first, the thing that helps me the most is knowing that when I eat well and sleep enough and work out, I end up being a better leader and a CEO, and I end up being more effective when I work. Mm. So in some way, me not being healthy actually costs the business. Mm -hmm. and, and that especially is true for mentally healthy where if I'm not in a good place, my company starts to drift, you know? And I've seen that over the last five, six years happen, you know? Second thing I'd say is that as somebody who runs a health and wellness company that's very tied to not having to, that's all about not telling people what to do and is all about being accessible and mainstream, mm -hmm. I go out of my way whenever I'm external with people to eat not perfectly, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's that. kind of like, a, it's kind of like a warped twisted thing. But like when I go out with people, I can't tell you how many times for lunch, I really would just like chicken and broccoli, but like you can't eat, you can't order chicken and broccoli when you're on a health and wellness site. Like people are going to be like, Oh, this guy's so like not relatable, <laughs> you know, but sometimes that is what I want. Sometimes it's not, but sometimes it is. And so it's a kind of, it's a kind of funny thing. It's actually, um, we joke about it at, at here because, like, for every for for every birthday or whatever, we're always bringing donuts or something because you know that's what everyone wants. But it's like the truth is, most people here actually are trying to be healthy at the same time. You know? yeah. I make some good donuts, Derek. I got I got a good recipe I use to make my homemade. I'll send it to you. They're, they're paleo donuts. Paleo donuts, and they're pretty good, mate. So I'll uh, I'll I'll send you a recipe. You can make them for the whole office. That'd be great. I'll tell you, I don't discriminate among donuts. <laughs> so even if my donuts are crap, you'll still like me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, and, or and I'll eat them whether they're paleo or not. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, you know, it's interesting. You talk about that. Uh, that you know, your weight, and you describe it as a struggle. Um, and 
you know, I think sometimes that's, you know, that, that's part of the battle we have uh, when we start thinking about health and wellness is we see it as a battle. You know, we see it as like mm-hmm. us against the world or us against our weight or us against the gym as opposed to maybe, I guess, seeing it as just a journey and, and understanding that, you know, everyone goes through it. You know, like everyone, you know, if they eat well, will do better. And if they don't eat so well, then they, there's a series of effects that has on your body as well. And, and that's just kind of life, you know, that we, that we don't have to see it as a, a fight maybe or a battle or a struggle. Like, do, you, do you think maybe you could sort of redefine that so that it's not such a, I don't know, struggle just seems like hard work to me, like you're always battling against it. Whereas, I don't know, I kind of like to think of it as just an evolution that, that, you know, if I do the wrong thing today, then, you know, tomorrow's just another chance to make a different choice and, and see what happens then as well. I could not agree with you more. I think it's really right. <laughs> And I'm glad I signed up for this therapy session. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I think, uh, uh, I mean, I think you're totally right on. I think struggle, I think, again, it's like this is totally the kind of thing that traditional media, even the language we use around health yeah. often is messed up and counterproductive. You know, suffer, torture, struggle. You know, I'm saying the these fat, words. You know. Yeah, burn, yeah, burn the fat, you know, bikini body, you know, all these terms and words that we use are kind of messed up. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, and it's because I think, again, most of the brands and influencers that have existed have an incentive to guilt. I basically think, unfortunately, it is relatively, people feel bad a lot of times about their weight and guilty and guilting people into doing something about it and paying money to do to to you know fix it or getting people to pay money for something that seems like a quick fix because we're human quick fix to your struggles and solutions Mm. you know has been really the way this space has been typified for most of the time like I basically think it's been terrifically easy to make money in health and wellness space the easy way. The problem is that quickly people learn that, you know, you're full of shit. And so <laughs> they they stop paying attention to you or they stop, you know, buying your services or whatever it is. And in the meantime, you can you can get a lot of stuff. You know, you can make a lot of money. You can build a really good mm-hmm. business. And so um, the issue is long term, what can you build? And I think that's I think, frankly, that's a really important piece of this. Is how do you build a bright long-term business? So, yeah. Anyway, I love it. That's there's, what I'm interested in doing, right? And, and there's so many that's analogies between that and your health. You know, this concept that you know, as you said, you, yes. you've said you describe your business as a heart mission, a heart mission, and being vision-driven. And you can see how that flows into the way you drive your business and the way you want to create long-term relationships you want to create long-term results and it, and it's very much the same with your health you know if your goal is to get that bikini body ready for summer in six weeks time or to get six-pack abs in six weeks then then you've only got that short-term focus whereas if you've got a bigger vision if you've got a bigger why you know I mean clearly for you as you're talking it's obvious that a big part of your why is is your business you know and that you want to be healthy so that you can show up as the best version of yourself in your business because you know that makes a difference to your productivity to your energy levels to the way you relate to your staff you know and so you know you can see how your why then drives what you do and and it helps you make like i said longer term choices rather than just focusing on the quick fixes yep 
I uh, I agree, and I think you're. I think it's not just really right. I think it's the only thing that works. Yeah. I think there's a a, a profound misperception, even maybe a deception on behalf of how health works. People have been told time and time again, and, you know, I'm bringing this back to paleo for some bizarre reason uh, over and over because I feel like... It is a paleo show, so that's totally okay. That's the name of this podcast (laughs) or something, right? It's the name of the show. But in my mind, it's like... I don't know anyone who's eaten paleo, accomplished their goal, and then stayed at that the goal weight that they wanted without staying paleo. Like it is really hard. And 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 so then it's it's about, you know, maybe you end up somewhere in the middle, but most people go right back to where they started. And oftentimes, based on, you know, the feeling that they've deprived themselves or something, it gets worse. And so but that's how we've been told you succeed is by eating in a certain way and eating in a certain way for a period of time to get to your quote unquote goal weight. And so what you say about it being a journey, right? Kind of like I like when people talk about, you know, yoga is described as a practice, but really all of all fitness should in theory be described as a practice. You know, you're kind of, there's nothing, you never, when you go to the gym, if you don't hit your PR every single time, is that a failure? Just the opposite. Every time you go, it's incredibly healthy for you. Yeah. You know, it's good for you. And literally, like, there is, there are no miracle pills yet, at least. But the closest thing is working out. <laughs> you know, like, it helps you in basically just about every single way, except for maybe weight loss. But every other way, it's like incredibly impactful. And so you sit, so anyone I think sitting there and thinking today was not successful, I wasn't feeling it, like you got up there and you did the thing. And so, yeah, I think the journey is really important. We talk, you know, I should take my, your advice and, and our company's advice more. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm imperfect, just like everyone is, Absolutely. I think. We'd all be so uh, great if we took our own advice, wouldn't we? Right. Oh man, I'd be yeah, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we talk a lot about we name all, all of our personal stories are called journeys. Mm. Right? And we try to cover not the before and after, but what we call the ever after, like then what happened. Yeah. You know, okay, you lost the weight, maybe you didn't, then what happened afterwards? You know? Not that's not the end. It's the beginning, right? There, there is no end when it comes to, well, there's ultimately an end, but, but until you get to the end end, there, there is no end when it comes to your health and wellness journey. You know, you're, it's it's a constant journey. It's a constant evolution. You know, you're, you're constantly learning new stuff, discovering new stuff, falling on the wagon, falling back off the wagon. You know, it, it's just a constant evolution throughout your entire life. So, but that's really, so you, you experience that yourself and I experience that myself. Yeah. Like, shouldn't we tell everyone this all the time? Yeah. Like, don't you feel like this is what people need to say? And and people who have it either figured out or don't have it figured out have to tell everyone the truth is no one has it fully figured out. Yeah. Like, I think this is the difference. And I think coming back to sort of where we started, you know, well, obviously, I think greatest, that's what we're trying to do here. But, you know, I think this is where the world is shifting. Yeah. And I'm really excited about that shift. Absolutely. Like I know, you know, even just like a couple of months ago, I was at the beach and, uh, you know, having a nice day at the beach, beautiful sunny day 
And I saw it, like, there's a fish and chip shop there. And I was like, do you know what? I, had, I hadn't had fish and chips for, like, I don't know, five years, ten years. And I was like, do you know what? I just really feel like fish and chips. I'm going to go get some. So, I went and got some fish and chips. I posted it on my social media, you know, battered fish and chips, the whole works, totally not paleo. And it just went off. Like, there were so many people making comments about it. And it was great, you know. And to be honest, I felt crap afterwards. I, I have no desire to go back and have fish and chips anytime again soon because I felt lousy. It, it didn't actually make me happier in that instance. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the time, I was happy about going, you know what, if I want fish and chips, I'm going to have fish and chips. And uh, But it was great. It was great to see people's reactions, people saying, hey, isn't that awesome that, you know, you're being genuine, you're telling the truth, all that sort of stuff. I, I think it is very important for people in a position of influence to be just honest about what they really do. Yeah, but you told me earlier that you eat you eat like shit sometimes. And so, you know, this is exactly it. It's that we have these like manicured social media presences in which you never reveal that, um, you know, yeah, you had fish and chips, but I know you're eating, you know, full dairy ice cream, you know, in for lunch every day or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, you're not sharing that with everyone because it doesn't fit into the story. But maybe that is the story, right? The story is... And so it's funny. It's funny to me when people, because I see this too with so many of, you know, the influencers in this space, when they're like, look, I have, I have, um, you know, like I have fat, like belly too sometimes. People are like, oh, finally, authenticity. You know, oh, you know, I also sometimes have a beer and then another one and maybe three people are like oh you know like this is so real and genuine so it's sort of like i think it's really important to be real and real and genuine but real and genuine but it sort of calls into question like a lot of the more manicured perfected image sometimes that we have and so i think social media is a good thing in the sense that it is allowing people to speak more honestly about these things And, you know, that makes you both more relatable, but it also makes it so that when people end up eating fish and chips, even though they've been trying to, you know, act perfectly and eat perfectly paleo, they feel less guilty about themselves because they go, ah, you know, Dr. Brett can do that too. So it's okay. (laughs) It's totally okay. Um, Derek, I think we're out of time. It's been an awesome interview. Um, I love what you're doing with greatest.com. Um, for everyone who wants to go and check it out, which I'm sure is everyone, it is greatest, G-R-E-A-T-I-S-T.com. Um, they can check you out on Twitter, which is Derek Flans, D-E-R-E-K-F-L-A-N-Z, um, not Z, Z. <laughs> we're having a discussion off air about the uh, the difference there, so make sure we... Uh, we use the Z, which Derek likes. Um, and yeah, so, so head over to the website, send out a tweet to Derek, say good day, tell us what you thought of the episode and uh, thank you so much for coming on board, mate. And for everyone else, until next week, join the conversation on Facebook, give us a five-star rating on iTunes, join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.